is up, guys? This is Podcast 419, and we are all about unpacking what it means for us to make and send disciples who love and live like Jesus. And in order to do that, we are having conversations about the highs and lows of doing life together. There is no conversation too big, no topic that is off the table. Thank you so much for joining us and making us a part of your week. Let's jump into this episode. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Podcast 419. If you're looking on YouTube, wherever you're watching, make sure you subscribe, you like, you review, all of that awesome stuff. And today, we are here with Josh and Chad. What is going on, guys? What's going on, brother? How's it going? You know, I'm living. We just had a hurricane that hit literally last night. So how are y'all doing with that? We survived. Like We had a couple chairs get knocked over. Uh, My disc golf basket is tipped over as well, but he's he's gonna make it. It's tipped over. Yeah, the wind got him. Uh, I I could have brought him inside, but I think Jenny was was not about that, so I, it was not the yeah. battle. Tuck I was him into fight. bed, all of that good stuff. Yeah, well, he's yeah. he's he's, he's kind of yeah, he's resting right now. Man, well, what are we talking about today? Because we we brought the expert, we brought the guy. Oh, I oh. mean, he's he's a overall, he's got it. That's on right. Him, so. He's got all the answers. That's why we call him Star Rock. Star Ooh, Rock. That's true. <laughs> Remind me of why we call you Frolic. I just wanted to... Okay, and so we're going to move on to... Uh, we. First of all, we don't call me that. Okay. And I hate that that happened right now. But anyway, we're moving on because uh, we, we're talking about discipleship and we're trying to yep. get... I hate you. We're trying to get hyper-practical uh, about what discipleship actually looks like in our lives. And so we talked about the why of like, like why are we called to do this? And, and actually, Brian, can we just highlight that real quick? So why do we dive into discipling relationships. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this last week, and just to catch you up, Chad, because I know you were not here, that um, why do we do discipleship? You know, it comes from Matthew chapter 28. Um, It's it's the instruction that Jesus gives us before he leaves. We're supposed to go and make disciples who love and live like Jesus, and so that's that's what we do. Like, that's what we do as a church, and so that's why we're having these conversations, because we want to make it hyper-practical for everybody listening on this podcast. Yeah, and it's not just that. It's it's that idea of like, so so that's the call. That's the obedience step. And then there's a target, right? There's right. a destination we go to, uh, which is maturity. Mm-hmm. Like like Jesus doesn't want um, people just accepting his, his offering, his gift to us, and then just staying as spiritual infants that are unchanged. Uh, he wants kingdom flippers. Like he wants maturity like in dolphin. us. Just, <laughs> just like a dolphin. They call him flipper, flipper, <laughs> faster than lightning. <laughs> Nobody? <laughs> nope. Do you not remember that show? I, it was a We've movie. We've talked about I this. Remember. I don't watch no, movies. No, it was a TV show. All right. Don't this watch those a, either. This is a hot mess. He wants Kingdom you Flippers. You love Dolphins. <laughs> That's your team, man. <laughs> That's your... I thought Miami. This... Hey, side note. Uh, I know this is like three weeks in advance, but just shout out to my Dolphins who beat the Patriots, the worst team in the NFL. All right. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So, But he wants us to, to reach maturity, right? Like th- That's yep. the goal. Uh, and so when we talk about this whole discipleship thing, it's not just a like blind obedience without uh, fruit. In fact, there's an intention of fruit uh, right. that we are supposed to bear up in ourselves. Yeah, and I think it's even more important as we talk through that, it's not just maturity as getting older, understanding a little bit more. There's a target in there of spiritual maturity. And so I, I think one of the coolest things yep. that I've heard recently was in talking about spir- spiritual maturity like there can be a little bit of ambiguity that comes with that. But when we look at spiritual maturity, one of the biggest markers is how are we loving people? Mm, yeah. And is is it conditional? And how conditional? 
And so if we can kind of start shaking off yep. those conditions, if we just love people for the sake of loving people, not expecting things in return, yeah. then it's usually a pretty high mark of spiritual maturity. Oh, yeah. And, and I think even for me, just like reflecting on myself, a, a good indication for me of like areas that I'm not mature. You, you talked about conditions, but there's also expirations. Right? Yeah. Like like there's like I have a limit on my love where, where like a capacity where there's a point where it's like, man, this is my breaking point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then that's where my flesh, my immaturity uh, comes out, which like praise God that he can identify that with me and yeah. work through that with me. And uh, but at the same time, like there's some real limitations that can really be exposing to where we are spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. And even having this conversation, because when I think about the, the term discipleship, I'm not really sure how love like fits into that because I, I grew up going to the church. And when I think about that, it, it's a word that like a lot of churches use and it can kind of mean different things because it's kind of a buzzword within the church, right? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And I think honestly that that in and of itself could be the most detrimental thing to discipleship mm -hmm. is to have so many people say the same word and have it mean a million different things. And so I think that's why one of the reasons, uh, for me at least, I've been able to get behind it here uh, at SciLife because we have clear definition. Oh, yeah. If you walk away not knowing, it's not for lack of trying on our part. Uh, it's really, you know, probably it's a you thing, bro. Like, I don't know what's going on, but that's probably a you thing. Um, and, and I think, you know, for us defining discipleship, defining a disciple, someone who's following Jesus, being changed by Jesus, and then on mission with Jesus. And Hashtag we get that. Matthew 419. That's right. 419. Isn't that the name of your podcast? Uh, I don't, no, I don't, I'm not even sure. No, we oh, just meet up at that time. To oh, film yeah, the that's, it airs. That's cool. It's yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That was I, a good I, guess. Sorry, I'm early. Yeah. That's, that's, that's on me. <laughs> That one's on me. But I think along with that definition, you see consistently, like this is where the church has failed. And, and we talked about this as yeah. we've gone through the Disciple Maker series. Like this is where we have failed as the church because we've given this idea like, hey, go make disciples. You guys are going to kill it. Okay, great. How, mm -hmm. how do we do? What do I do with my hands? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> what do I do with my hands? Yeah, it turns into a Ricky Bobby interview and it's like, well... Uh, you know, and, and I think we talk about that uh, even in the same instance of how do you follow, how do you walk in step with the Spirit? Yep. You know, when we were in our Holy Spirit series, I think that's another point where for the longest time, someone would quote that. They would say Paul's words, hey, well, you just got to walk in step with the Spirit. Well, how the heck do we do that? What does it mean? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think that's the, the the tragedy, right? Like that's that's you even mentioned that's where it's been missed. Sure. Uh, and so, kind of just reassessing, like, are we are we aligned? Like, because because today we're talking about who the who in discipleship mm -hmm. and also the when, and so if I'm talking about the who, like step one, right? Like we need to be aligned, yeah. Because if we are going to different destinations, well, that's going to cause separation. That's going to cause frustration. That's going to a lot of Asians happening yeah. here. Uh, and, and also, are we getting there in different vehicles? Because if you think that discipleship is is one thing, uh, which could be could be good and God-honoring, and I think it's something else that is equally good and God-honoring, uh, it's still going to be frustrating that we're trying to get to maybe the same place, but in a different way. So we really need to sync up, get aligned. And so what, what does that practically look like for us as we step into engaging in these conversations? Like, what does alignment actually look like? Yeah, I know for me, having that conversation with the person, you know, once you find the person that you're thinking and saying, hey, um, can you disciple me or, or would you like to be discipled? Uh, we talked about this last week. Um, and if you didn't catch that episode, we'd love for you to jump back and look at that. But talking and putting out the expectations of, man, here's what I'm looking for. 
in this relationship? Um, and, and what do you expect of me? Because when you communicate those things, you're able to say, hey, if I'm trying to just find a friend, man, this may not be the right relationship for you. Because if you don't talk about those things ahead of time, like Josh, you were saying, you can end up in two different places because you're expecting two different things. Yeah. And I think it honestly, like in the who, it also goes back to the alignment piece. Are you both headed after the same bullseye? Mm-hmm. Come on. And that's a great place to start because again, in some of the fault of church, we've mistaken discipleship for just evangelism. And whereas oh, yeah. that's an incredibly important first step, because it's really hard to talk to people about Jesus when they don't believe in Jesus, right? Yeah. We all, I've experienced that. I know that I have. And so that can be a very, very difficult first step. However, evangelism is not the end. In fact, it's the beginning of discipleship. So when we bring that person out of spiritual death, and they experience that new life in Christ, then discipleship begins. And so I think along with trying to figure out in that conversation of, hey, what are your expectations of me? Which I tell you what, I wish someone had told me when I was like 18, hey, talk through expectations. If Even if they had, like if my current self time traveled and just said, I can only tell you one thing. Talk through expectations, and then it just disappeared. If you did that, you would not. You you would you just mess it. with yourself. You I would, would totally you would mess with hey, myself. Hey, don't do that. And then you just poof. And yeah, that's and true. The rest of your life, you're just living in fear. <laughs> well, oh no. Which is where I'm at anyway. So, <laughs> guess it worked. It, it worked. I got myself. I can't wait to time loop back. But anyway, um, which is right now. What if I just time looped? Back? Cameras anyway. cut to him. That's just right. standing on here. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be so good. Um, I don't know how time travel works, but that's a different podcast. Yeah, that's that's a different episode for sure. Next week for sure. Yeah, but stay tuned. Yeah, I I think in that we're setting. We look at that target, and for us, we've determined the target of spiritual maturity. And so, in talking with that person that you're looking at, or in the person that you're looking to disciple, we have to agree upon that target. Yep. And we have to talk through. Okay, then what are those expectations to then get to spiritual maturity? Yeah, and I think for me, like expectations, I think you need to hit the nail on the head. Uh, I have three expectations when I step into a discipling relationship for somebody that I am discipling. And they're so important because if any of these three are missing, and I've pretty much experienced all of these to some degree, the relationship does not work. Sure. Uh, and so it's, and, and I have this up front usually in our first meeting. Usually it's actually before we're in a discipling yeah. relationship. And it's like, hey, I want you to know what you're signing up for. And so here, here's what I need uh, I need you to be fully honest. Okay, so that that means that if you're wrestling, if you're struggling, if something's going on, like you let me in. Like I'm not gonna bash you, I'm not gonna shame you. Uh, Like we might have to walk through next steps, but but you need to be honest. Otherwise, this is useless. Mm -hmm. Um, You need to be available, and so we need to be able to meet on a consistent basis. We even talked last week. Like my goal in discipleship, I want to have as many touch points in that person's life throughout the week as I can. And so you need to be available. Uh, And the last one is I have to have a voice into your life. Yeah. It, like if, and it doesn't mean that every time I say, "Hey, I think this is what you should do," uh, that that you take my counsel. It, d- it doesn't mean that, but it does mean that there is a a wrestling process that occurs where you, there there is some weight to the word uh, that that I have received from the Holy Spirit that you're hearing and that you're actually fleshing that out. And I've I've truly experienced pretty much all of those to some degree where the person was not willing to do their part, whether they sure. weren't be able like, able to be honest, uh, they wouldn't make time. 
uh, and I've had that happen. And those relations, like it just ends in frustration <laughs> uh, and, and ultimately ends to a conversation where, where I'm sitting down. And I'm saying, hey, like this just isn't this isn't working. And it's not because I don't love you. It's not because I don't want this for you. It's not because you don't you're not called to it. Uh, but there is a reality where like my time is finite mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and I need to use it in a, a wise and God honoring way. Yeah. yeah, and it's not a bad thing that you can't disciple somebody, or maybe that relationship, maybe that's not the person for you to disciple or be discipled by. Um, so, what are maybe some practical steps that you can take to to find someone you can choose? Um, you can choose somebody to disciple you, or maybe you disciple them, because you can't just open the floodgates when you're saying, "Hey, I'm called to discipleship." I'm going to disciple every single person, every in the entire single. world. Gonna, if you go to church, I go to church. We all go to church. I'll disciple all of you. We're That's here right. All discipled. That's right. Here we go. <laughs> so, but how do you we know choose? what helps? Time travel. <laughs> and we're saying. back. That's right. I am back. Yeah, congratulations, you yeah. did it. Close the loop. Yeah, I, I think that that is a really, really important question. So we know that Jesus didn't disciple everyone, right? And like mm-hmm. Jesus is God, and so He's modeling this for us. And He discipled twelve, and even amongst His twelve, He had an inner three. Right. That he was constantly bringing in. And so I'm not Jesus, and so I'm not even shooting for 12. And everybody's going to have a different capacity. But step one for me in identifying like how to choose, to dis- like who am I discipling, I need to figure out what's my capacity, uh, how many people am I called to disciple, mm-hmm. and then there's the flip side of it of, hey, hold up, like am I being discipled? Like, have I actually experienced this? Not that there's a limitation sure. where you can't do one without the other, but there is a reality to like we should be seeking growth in ourselves as well, um, versus just just focusing on how do I raise somebody else up to where I am because I can only bring somebody to where I am. Right. Well, and and honestly, you want to be in a position of where you are growing, so that in the people that you're discipling, you can bring them as far as you possibly can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's something that. I know for me personally, that has been sometimes a good majority of the time that I've understood what discipleship is. It's been a struggle because uh, I've had a really strong intention to have someone like an older worship pastor who gets discipleship to step in and lead me in that way because I I want to be, make sure that I'm caring for my team well. I want to make sure that I'm stewarding the gifts uh, of a worship team well and I'm caring for their hearts well. Um, because I think that's one of the things that I've realized over the years is that in past relationships, the people that have um, poured into me or cared for me, there's been a lack of intentionality on the worship side, and it, it does help. I also think that that's a great way to start utilizing that as an identifier. Uh, if there's someone with like interests that is further along, I know one of the guys that I'm discipling, his intent is to be a worship pastor, a oh, worship yeah. leader. Mm-hmm. And so it's an easy on-ramp. It's an easy question. It's an easy conversation. Um, I will say that I think, I know for me, and I bring this up because I'm sure that there's a ton of people out there that have not entered into discipling relationships sure. yet. Yep. I know for me, the first time I asked, it felt like asking a girl out. Yeah. Like that oh, yeah. was mentally like where I went. I was like, I really hope they say yes. <laughs> and like, I, it felt like I was in the middle of that George Strait song. Like, will you check yes or no? Do you? And it's it. You really are putting yourself out oh, there. Oh, for sure. Um, especially not knowing the full capacity of the parameters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I guess I just bring all that up to say, like, there will be awkwardness. There will be nervousness. But yeah. trust the Holy Spirit that He's going to guide you in that. 
and he, he's going to walk you through that and care for you well, even though kind of afterwards you go, oh, they said yes. I can't believe <laughs> yeah. they did it. I did it. <laughs> Mom, I did it. Look. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love about that, like especially having things that you have in common, a certain likeness, like I know, Josh, you disciple me. Um, and like you said, there's certain things and aspects of our life that we uh, are that are congruent. Right. Like we both sure. like going to play disc golf. We both work together. Um, our wives do the, wives do the same thing. Um, and so just having that commonality is great. Um, when is there a point, maybe say it's like your best friend where oh, yeah. you have maybe too much in common, or maybe you're in the exact same place, spiritual maturity wise, would it be a good idea to, you know, Oh, I'm just going to disciple my friend and they can disciple me. And we're just going to do this together. Yeah. I, I think we need to kind of separate the idea of like an intentional cho- choice versus a convenient choice. Yeah. Um, like it, it, like your best friend is a convenient choice. It doesn't mean that he's not the right choice. Yeah. Uh, but there is a a spiritual requirement of like, hey, are they more spiritually mature than me? Can't because they can only bring me to where they are. Uh, and so like, are they living this out? Do they have a closer walk with Jesus than than I do? Yeah. And if they do, and you feel like you can can balance that relationship with intentionality. Then praise God, like that—that that can be a real thing. In fact, I have been discipled by my best friend before, uh, and it was incredibly beneficial to me. You're but, welcome. <laughs> but that was past you. That's oh. not—that's not future you. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so I have experienced that. The sure. other side of it, though, is um, if it's your your best friend who, like, your relationship is, we're going to go play basketball every single day. And yes, basketball can be a component of your discipling relationship. Uh, but if that's all that's happening then you have a best friend that you play basketball with. Right. Not a disciple maker leading you and shepherding your heart into maturity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in that, like, I think perfectly in that example, what are we lacking? We're lacking intentionality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You may be intentional about going and playing basketball, but are you intentional about the actual discipling aspect of the relationship? And unfortunately, the answer would be no. Uh, I, I think there's a, a ton of examples that I've experienced over the past few years Um I sit out on my back porch and I'm smoking ribs. There's nothing but time. And so like I've had somebody come over and we've gone through discipleship. We've talked through what's going on in their life. We've talked through, and that was just one of our weeks that we met. And it just so happened that we got to enjoy delicious ribs at the end of it. I mean, the Lord provides. (laughs) I got to have those ribs at the end too. And they were, I'm just saying good. But I, I think that there's, I think that there's a practicality. I know this kind of, ventures into another part of this, but there is a practicality that we all are living lives. And it's not that, you know, we feel like, oh no, when when are we going to find the capacity for this? How are we going to do this in that sense? But really, do you have the intentionality to just bring people along? If I'm going to shop for gifts for my wife and I'm going to do that alone, I can bring, I can bring that person with me because I think in that instance, in and of itself, if this person is single, I can show them what it looks like to love someone well. Yeah. And that's that's an aspect of discipleship. I can show them what it means to be in a committed relationship, thinking about other people. Uh, it doesn't always have to just be words. It can be actions. But again, it goes back to that piece uh, of being intentional. And I think along those lines of discipling each other, such a slippery slope. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think... One thing that I want to make incredibly clear with that is, and, and we've talked about this before, the other person does have a voice back. So if I'm discipling oh, yeah. someone, uh, they they can speak back into my life. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that that's a, poor, a very, very important aspect. It's not as if 
because then I think you start framing it in teacher and facilitator, which is yeah. not what we're getting into. Mm -hmm. Discipleship, you do agree upon, and that's something where expectations have to be set up front. We're going to be able to speak into each other's lives. And for this person that you are discipling, the things that they say, you're listening. And so if they're counseling you, and I think you put it really well, like if they're counseling you and they do a terrible job of it, Awesome. Praise God. Yeah. <laughs> you've got you've got an on-ramp to be able to talk through this. Hey yeah. man. Yeah. I, I appreciate your heart in this, but boy, you this did not go well for you. And let yeah. me let me walk <laughs> you through that. Then conversely, if they do counsel you well, celebrate Praise the God. ever living mess out of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and so I think that that's just something to keep in mind as well. Yeah, and the cool thing about modeling that is that the idea of discipleship is that it's reproducible, and so yes. you want the person you're discipling to then go and do that for other people. And by allowing them to have that voice in your life, they're getting reps, they're practicing on what does it look like to lead this out for other people in a safe environment where if they do mess up, there can be some correction and some... Uh, just learning opportunities for them for that. Yeah, I even did that with you, Brian, the other day, right? Like, we had met up for disc golf, and I was like, one of the first, you were like, hey, how you doing? And I was like, dude, Janie and I, like, we had a little tiff. Like, we, mm -hmm. we had a, a rough experience, and, and I didn't do great. So getting to flesh that out and giving you an on-ramp as the guy that I am discipling uh, to be able to speak into my life, right? Mm -hmm. Like, put that into practice. Uh, because like Chad was saying, it's not it's not a one-way street. Like mm -hmm. this is, it needs to be both ways. By design, it's both ways. And I also need you to be able to see and the people that I'm leading to be able to see what does it look like for a guy who is deeply in love with Jesus to still mess up yeah, um, and to, to flesh that out of like modeling that for them because there's this idea of, man, because uh, it's true for pastors too, right? Like I'm a pastor, like I got to look right. Mm -hmm. Like I got to make sure everything's together. Like I, I got to be good where where I don't need to recognize my need for Jesus and my dependency. And, and a lot of that comes from acknowledging my weakness. Yep. I would agree with that. Yeah. I know for me, it, just speaking on the other side of that interaction, like that was really cool in going to disc golf with you. And like we were connecting throughout the week because both of our lives were kind of in shambles yeah, at the time. It was, it was a tough week. It was, it really was. And, but you giving that voice to me, it really took me back. Cause I was like, man, this is the guy who is intentionally leading me towards spiritual maturity. Yet he is giving me a voice into his life, which is something that I, I knew was going to happen, but in practice was really cool for me to see and, and model that for me in my own relationships that I have. Yeah. I think there was even a tension for me, like, cause there's, there's always that moment where I'm like, Hey, do I need to like, do I need to say this? Like, do I have to like say, man, I like getting in an argument with your bride is not, it's not a beautiful thing, right? Like it's not something that that's super shareable, but at the same time, we have to, to battle that. I have to battle that in discipling relationships. I have to recognize, hey, there's a need to invite people in. One, because I need counsel too. I haven't arrived. Uh, and the other part is like, I want to give you a place to play. I want to be able to give people that I'm leading a place to play. And that's an easy avenue. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to belabor the point too much, but I think there's another really incredibly important element, and it's trust. Oh, yeah. Because if, and we're modeling it in those instances, because when that person is able to bring up a hard topic, or if we share something that is deeply intimate like that, we are putting trust out on the table. And then when they accept it, and they run with it, and they're able to be trusted with uh, the most intimate things that are going on, they know then the importance of being able to do that with others. 
Yeah. And so when you ever reach that point where you are discipling somebody, because the reality is, uh, I'd love to pose this question to y'all. When is the right time to enter into a discipleship relationship? Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the thing. And, and I think it's more so on this, the terms of being discipled. Uh, if you've never been discipled, the answer is immediately. Come on. Uh, if you've never been in a, in a discipling relationship, if you've never had someone pouring into you, and this is past mentoring, this is past coaching, uh, this is past, you know, really any other thing other than being intentionally discipled with the parameters that we've talked about and established today. If you haven't, it, it's immediate. You need to be in it as soon as possible. Yeah, it's a huge need. I mean, the, the call for us to do this happened 2,000 years ago. Sure. And so, like, yeah. like it has been long in in process for us to get there. Now, admittedly, we need to to really know Christ uh, right. and have a relationship with Him in order to shepherd hearts towards that yeah. and towards maturity. Uh, but the call is, if if you know Him, it's now. The question that we need to wrestle through is 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 the initial response that I have is it to be discipled or is it to go out and make disciples? Both are imperatives. Both yeah. are really important. Right. Uh, but the thing that I need to flesh out in my heart as I'm wrestling through this question is which one is the bigger priority right now? Uh, because I want to be. I don't want to be a shotgun. Sure. Right. Like shotguns don't go far. They go wide and they, they touch a lot of things, but they don't go far. I want to be a rifle. And so, what's the one thing right now, Jesus? Like Holy Spirit, like speak to me mm-hmm. uh, that I need right now. And a lot of times, especially like in student ministry, like the driving point for me is like just get in a discipling relationship. Because mm-hmm. guess what? A symptom of being discipled is making disciples. Yeah, yeah. that should be the the natural uh, progression of what that relationship looks like. And one thing that you said that I'd like to revisit, Josh, is that you said I'm still learning this stuff. Uh, but you've been in in many discipleship relationships. Um, and so when I'd, I'd love to ask this for both of y'all, what was that switch? Because if you haven't made it, how do you know when you're ready to disciple? Um, and, and how, like, what did that look like for you? That switch? This is cool. Cause I think we have two different perspectives sure. on, on the routes that we've gone. Cause I was discipled first. And so I really had that fleshed out and I had an incredible uh, model of what it looked like. But Chad, I know for you, it worked out a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, it was kind of one of those things where I'd been doing ministry in a certain way for so long. And, and again, going back to the worship pastoring side of things, um, and more so in the worship leading side of things, it was all about the show. And it's like, get to Sunday, make Sunday happen. That's your goal. That's your, that's your livelihood. And so it's so funny to me to look back on those things as I've time traveled and and whatnot, but Mm. it's funny to look back on those things because I look at it and I go, I mean, I had it so messed up for so long. And, and my perspective in it coming into discipleship, I was, I very much equate it to I was kind of building the plane as I was flying it. Um, I had someone pouring into me. The beautiful thing is, is I had a lot of different people helping me to understand what discipleship was um, along the way. It wasn't the traditional sense. I did have someone um, like, intentionally pouring into me. And so then I understood what discipleship looked like in those intimate one-on-one relationships. But it was also a little bit of, I understood collectively by hearing the stories of other people discipling, hearing all these different things. So then I could learn what to do in my own relationships when God was telling me, hey, you need to disciple this person. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely was very different. I wasn't discipled first. I've been doing ministry almost 
uh, 18 years before I even understood what discipleship was or what I was supposed to be doing with it. Yeah, I think having that distinction where, because uh, the, the reality is that there's going to be some people who they don't have someone who um, is able to disciple them. Uh, but does that mean their call is that not to make disciples because they haven't been discipled yet? You know what I'm saying? Oh, sure. yeah. And that can easily be like a halting point for us, right? Like, and here, here's the catch. And here, here's where I have to go to is every single person who is a follower of Christ has an example of what discipleship looks like. It's a fact. Um, because that's like scripture is there, like it's yeah. God breathed, and Jesus was the best discipler I know. Yeah, uh, and so He doesn't just say, "Do this." He also showed us what it looked like. Yeah, and so we, I, for me, I just I have to unpack that because even as I'm being discipled by somebody else, I still need to be fleshing that out through the lens of what did Jesus do? Uh, because also recognizing that the person discipling me and leading me and shepherding me still isn't perfect. Yeah, yeah, uh, and so I, I want to get it from the source. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know for looking and, and how Jesus models it with his 12 people, and, and you said this last week, but he wasn't, he didn't have a 100% success rate, right? He had one guy, he had Judas, where that discipleship relationship just didn't work out. But seeing how Jesus modeled it um, in terms of his time, his schedule, the things that he was doing, he was actually doing life with them and understanding that us as people, we have finite time. We don't have all of these resources that are available to us. So I would be interested to hear from both of y'all's perspectives in y'all's relationships. What does a discipleship relationship look like in terms of schedule? Sure. You know, and I think kind of touching on that as far as like the element of Judas, I think it goes back to something where sometimes the person is going to say it, but then sometimes you as a disciple maker are going to have to say it. And that's no. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I cannot make that disciple. Um, and, and it could be just simple bandwidth because again, I think, you know, you put it really well, Jesus took on 12 and he was Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he had, he had a good reference. Like if he was turning in his resume, it's like, oh yeah, there was, there was this wedding. I did some fun stuff there. You know, I was walking on water. There's a lot of good stuff on his resume. So he had a ton of, he's the model. He's, he's oh, the yeah. reference point. And so for us, we're not going to be able to take on 12. And so there's wisdom. Because when I say no to something else, it gives me the opportunity to fully give my yes somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, and so in the people that I can care for, the people that God is calling me to care for, um, and it also gives opportunity for someone else to step in oh, and yeah. be the disciple maker. Yeah, because it's not all on us. Like this, oh, we, we got to say this. This is not a pastor job. No. Like this is not a, hey, if you want to work in church, this is what you're... No, no, no. If you are a follower of Christ, like truly, that's what you are, then this is what you'll do. Yeah. Like it's a response to who we're walking with. Like I can't help it because I'm going to love the things he loves and I'm going to do the things he does. And he calls us to live this out, not as pastors, not as people who serve in student ministry or adult ministry or wherever, or like serve cop. No, no, it's if you follow Jesus, right? this is a route we're, we're called to take. But like Chad is saying, capacity is a big piece of it. Yeah. Um, and like inviting people into my schedule is part of it, but also having the wisdom and discernment to say no, because guess, guess what? Jesus said no to someone. And it wasn't because he was a bad dude. No. Like the guy who like was possessed by demons, there was a whole pig thing that happened. It was it was wild. Mm-hmm. You just gotta read it. Like the Bible is nuts. Uh, but like the guy came up to Jesus and he he pled with Jesus and he said, Hey, let me let me co let me go with you. Yeah. And Jesus said, No, 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 like I want you to go back. I want you to go into your town and tell them what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's it's like, hey, no, no, it might not be for you and them, but guess what? You can link them up with somebody else, you can give them better direction. 
so that they can live it out in their context. It's just, if I'm trying to carry all the burden and all the weight of discipleship, one, I'm going to f- fizzle out, yeah. and two, I'm, I'm trying to do more than my part. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's another good piece of it of understanding, okay, when we're talking through it, this is part of the expectation, excuse me, expectation conversation that happens right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So when we say, and I, like we talk about it being faithful, available, teachable, right? Availability, that's a two-way street. Uh, because if I'm setting something up in my schedule that inevitably I'm going to keep screwing this up or I'm going to keep missing the boat, I'm already setting both of us up for failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the other thing in that is is making it a priority. Um, if you commit to it, make it the priority. Uh, and that way when that rolls around, and you may have to, again, you may have to adjust. Hey, I can't meet on Thursday this week, but mm-hmm. I've got Friday all day that I'm going to be smoking ribs. So let's go. Let's do that. I'm going to be shopping uh, or that other person has something that they are going to be doing that takes them out. Yeah. Hey, uh, let me just go with you. We can still meet. Literally, I know that this is true and I'm sure they're fine sharing this. My wife, the person that's discipling her, they sat in car rider line to pick up Aiden and that's Come where on. they had discipleship. Because uh, if anybody has ever been in car rider line, it's like a thousand hours long. Yeah. And so there's plenty of time. But again, it they can walked be done. all the all the way through the wheel. And, yeah, and they, exactly. Yeah, they had enough time. To, they actually looped around it twice. That was the yeah, interesting. They picked she up released, another kid. She was sent. Yeah. She's good to go. They came yeah. home with two kids. So. Yeah, it was. You know, they're just handing them out that first day because they were just like, we don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> You're a parent. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. Well, here you go. Do with it what you will. Yeah, I think uh, another cool thing, and this is one of your leaders. I'm not going to say the name, but you have a, a female leader who. Actually, she came up to me. I was super hyped about this. She was like, hey, I feel called. Like, I know that God is calling me to disciple young women. Like, and you're, you're the student guy, and so I wanted to go to you and kind of flesh this out with you. But but want to be clear, like, I just don't have time to serve in student ministry. And I was like, praise God for you. Like, that, that it's a huge need. And so it's, it's not like, hey, you have to serve every Wednesday night at the movement, our student ministry, uh, in order to to disciple these young women. I, I mean, I, we have students who, female students who need to be discipled by yeah. mature disciple makers. Uh, and so for her, one, to have the discernment of like, hey, I can't just commit to a every Wednesday night deal so that I can disciple, uh, but rather her saying, listen, this is a priority for me. And so help me figure out who, who are those young women that I can be walking beside. And it won't be on a Wednesday night, but I will make them a priority in my schedule. Yep. And I will make sure that we're having those intentional conversations throughout the week. And I was like, man, like that is such a cool example of someone who, who has a busy schedule. She's a teacher. Like during COVID times, yeah. teaching is not teaching wasn't easy before right. now it's even harder and she's still saying hey this is a priority for me and i understand that i have to i have to choose wisely how i use my time but because this is a priority i'm not going to waver in that call yeah yeah and the cool thing about the the body of christ in all of that is that if say if she didn't have the capacity to disciple that individual it's not you just throw your hands up and you're like well i guess she's just going to have to wait until i'm available but uh-huh. you should be doing life and walking with other disciple makers who you can say, hey, I unfortunately don't have the bandwidth to do this, but do you? Because if we don't continue making and sending disciples who love and live like Jesus and having a community that's walking and running towards that mission yeah. at the same uh, at the same target, going to the same endpoint, then I just think about it as us sitting in this room 2,000 years later. If that was the idea of the men of old, the mm-hmm. people of old, would we even be here today? Yeah.
if they didn't have that same drive, that same passion, that intentionality behind it. Um, and if they weren't willing, you know, we're going to talk about this coming up, but it's going to cost us something. And if we don't have that willingness and that, I don't know, okayness with the fact that it will cost us something, I mean, that's on us. Yeah. We got to work that out. Yeah. And I do want to address, Brian, like as you were talking through bandwidth, I just want, I want to be clear uh, because that can be a, a really easy stumbling block for us. Because uh, so often I, I've heard people even say like, hey, you know what? I, I know I'm called to this and I'm going to try to find time. And it's like, no, no, no. Like there's a there's <laughs> a recognition and capacity for sure. Like you might mm-hmm. only be discipling one person. That's fine. Uh, but there also is a responsibility in this. And so it's not, hey, how do I find time? It's no, no, no. You're going to need to make time. Make there's, time. A, there's a reality to that. Like Chad was saying, like it is going to be, it's going to cost us something. It's going to be a sacrifice but it's a sacrifice worth making because the king did that for us and he right. modeled it for us. And we, as, as children, as followers, get to take part in that too. And what possibly could be better than that? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So if, if we're going to really bring it in, get into the nitty gritty and give something practical for the viewers, the listeners, if you're getting this telepathically, because I know my man over here is is just doing all sorts of crazy things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you're in 2033 and you're listening like, and you're to listening. this. Been there, done that. Yeah. If you're on your iPhone 55 listening to this right. right now. Coming out next year. What um, what What's the ask that we're asking for people who are listening and watching this right now? I think the biggest, the biggest thing to do right now walking away from this podcast is to go, all right, where am I at? Am I called in this moment to disciple someone? Or am I called to disciple, or, or excuse me, be discipled? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and I think that, that that in and of itself is a huge determining factor. If you can land somewhere on that, then that's a great next step. And once you figure that out, give everything that you have to making sure that that takes place. Finding someone, we already talked about the who. So find someone that fits that mold, that fits that capacity, uh, that can disciple you. Or find someone and, again, awkwardly ask them, check yes or no, will you be discipled (laughs) by me? Uh, And then, again, have those expectation conversations. Uh, And so um, I think the other part in that, and and this has got to be this has got to be a first step, uh, is prayer. Uh, Is is having the Holy Spirit to help you discern where am I at? Because obviously left to our own volition, we're not going to make those decisions super well. But when we rely on him, when we seek his guidance, seek uh, his wisdom, then we're able to make those uh, those wise choices. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, I've found, too, that if that is if my heart has a posture of, hey, I'm ready to commit to this and be serious about this. Like God is is placing the pieces there for me. Yep. Yeah. Whether that's for me to be discipled or for, for me to disciple others, the pieces are probably already there, and it's up to us to pick up those pieces and move with them in the direction that Jesus is calling us to. And, and I think that that's that's exactly what we're talking about: is taking up, like bearing up the cross, like taking up the mission that, that God has given us, yep. and walking beside people, and doing life together, and living out our purpose as disciple makers. Uh, and that is exactly what we're talking about, and that's exactly what the the whole function of this podcast is here at Podcast 419. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, feel free to, to click subscribe, the bell, 
guys, I don't even know. But you got to click things and uh, review us. Like We want uh, your feedback because we are growing. We are learning together. We will see you in our next episode next week. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Podcast 419. If you want to learn more about us, you can check us out on our website, podcast419.com. 